to Recipes for Success with me, Heather Thompson. As a strategic career coach, mentor, author, podcaster and speaker, I help unfulfilled women discover their true career potential. Recipes for Success is a podcast celebrating diverse women defining success on their own terms. Success is a personal journey. However, by coming together, we can unlock the tools, inspiration and support needed to create our own unique path to success. Whether you're seeking guidance in your career, personal development or simply looking for motivation, Recipes for Success is here to give you food for thought. Tune in and be inspired to create your own Recipe for Success. In today's episode, we meet Judy Wong, a life coach, Reiki master, makeup artist and qualified art teacher. For the past 41 years, she has been on a soul-searching journey, helping her to overcome the challenges life has thrown her way, including bouts of disordered eating and depression. Embracing vulnerability and authenticity, Judy is dedicated to continuous self-improvement and serving others. She identifies as an empath and is gifted with a natural ability to connect with people. Her mission is to heal others as she heals herself. In life, her goals are simple to keep growing, embracing life's ups and downs and to find joy in laughter. I loved this conversation with Judy where we touched on her multicultural upbringing, defining success holistically, embracing change and fear, the power of vulnerability as a strength and the importance of reciprocal relationships. She prioritises self-care and rest unapologetic and she's adamant that we all need to find our own tribe. There's so many fab nuggets in this conversation. I hope you enjoy. So Judy, uh, you're very welcome to Recipes for Success. Hey Heather, well thank you so much for having me on your podcast. I'm super excited for you and for the podcast and to be on the, the podcast today. I'm delighted to have you here Judy, so the feeling's definitely mutual. I know I introduced you there in your bio, but perhaps in your own words, you could just tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, a little bit about myself is um, I, I was born in Ireland and um, born to two Asian parents, one from Hong Kong, one from Vietnam, and um, reared in a very um, multi-diverse way. So I learned a lot about being Irish, kind of through my Irish friends and their family because I'm not, I was just born here first generation so I had no understanding but um yeah and then like being born here I guess um I have a bit of a different perspective because of my looks a lot of uh, a lot of things are based to look unfortunately in, in life so I found it very very challenging growing up because I I think I thought I was very Irish I thought I was freckled skin pale brunette hair I think I thought I looked like every Irish person because I didn't look in a mirror all the time so there was a little um there was a little bit of like why why I was growing up I didn't understand why people didn't really connect in with me because I'm such a a little connector even from a young age I like connecting in with people but um wasn't the case when I was younger but however I've grown up to um have many many amazing Irish friends and I've uh, gone through like the school system here. I've gone to college here. And right now I am currently a makeup artist and also a life coach. 
and I also practice Reiki. So I have um, a bit of a like a holistic approach to well-being, um, life itself, and also how I look at people in a holistic way. Yeah. Yes, you know, from knowing you, I know that you're someone that is very multi-passionate and it's great to hear you talking about those strands, the the coaching, the Reiki, the makeup artistry. Obviously, you led off there kind of talking about your upbringing, you know, being born in Ireland to a Vietnamese mother and your father was from Hong Kong. Is is that something that you feel has really defined you um, in terms of like that diverse upbringing that you had? Um, it's. It- been it's been I think a a double-edged sword um for when you're young uh, a young person like being so multicultural then also trying to understand what the difference of ethnic background and then nationality I thought it was all one so I guess as a child children are very simplistic they just see themselves as little human beings little spirits little souls and they see another little spirit and another little human being and another little soul. And you just think you should connect. So I, I didn't really see the the looks element come into play, but it was something that was, um, it came into play, still is in play, as in I work in an environment where um, a lot of the like work I do is about your looks. But for some reason... I think I'm in that environment to kind of go into it in a holistic way. So I've been blessed with diverse looks because I've got like a Hong Kong dad and a Vietnamese mom and I've got like this, I don't look quite like someone from, born from Hong Kong, nor do I look like someone born in Vietnam, nor do I look like someone born in Ireland. But this kind of blend of fusion has actually been able to give me a little rite of passage to connect with people who are very very multifaceted and layered in terms of their their DNA so I mean it's only been in the later stages that has benefited me but um it hasn't really I don't, I don't know if it defined me when I was younger but it helped me as I've gotten older for sure yeah it's a great, great kind of perspective to have on it and I know you know you're, you're right in saying I suppose in, in makeup artistry like a huge piece of it is around your looks but I know you do a lot of work as well with like young young adults in particular like young girls and you pair your life coaching with your makeup artistry to kind of educate them on like confidence as well as just makeup so that they're not maybe just using makeup as a mask but they're using it as kind of um, an empowering piece so it's great to kind of like you said see those holistic pieces coming together yeah it's it's funny um heather because i i never knew that that was part of the journey of like you know i went to, to mcad because i wanted to become an art teacher but the art that i teach really is the holistic um empowerment of how you perceive yourself and how you look on the outside it really has to match the inside and I've learned that from being a non-confident person and a very insecure little person that 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 no one taught me or no one was able to guide me and I didn't really have the opportunity of somebody like an an aunt or somebody to be there to to bring in these lovely kind of uh guiding pieces like for me the power of what I do 
with young teenagers and people of my age as well is to kind of break down the concept of judgment of how I look because I've been told I've been intimidating looking for people who date me. I've been told I've, uh, I have a particular look that it like scares clients because they think, oh, she's very this way inclined because of the way I look. Um, and, and all of this, it does kind of have an impact on me as well because part of me like wants to be like everyone else and I want to look like my neighbor and my sister and my clients and I want to feel connected so that they don't feel like there's any sort of hierarchy or lowerarchy there's just an equality that I'm here to support them but unfortunately whatever way um, I've been able to like because I like fashion and because I like uh, visualness people can kind of get a, a different impression of me and it's really kind of it has to be upset me sometimes um, where people actually realize that they've upset or if I tell someone just try to be honest with them that I've had um, like confident issues like letting teenagers know that I had confidence issues and they're like really? I'm like I am admitting this to you. Trying to be vulnerable here. It's like they 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 have a narrative and they want to believe their narrative, but they don't want to believe me, which makes me feel like why don't they want to believe me? Like I didn't I didn't roll out my mom's retina <laughs> to be like, what because normal people just wondering whether I'd be liked enough or good enough. Like just went through the same thing. So trying to just get people to understand that more understanding of what they're going through than not. Yeah, I, I'm so glad you mentioned the word vulnerability there, because I know even in your bio, you know, you were you were saying like being vulnerable is a huge piece of who you are and what you're about. Uh, and it's really interesting that you're bringing that into the schools that you're teaching and doing those workshops and um, like showing you know younger generations like I wasn't always like this there was sort of a journey for me to get to this point as well um that vulnerability maybe opens them up to know like not everyone as you said like comes out of the womb feeling that way um and I think that's that's really reassuring um to to kind of hear I guess um for your podcast um people that are listeners like I'm hoping that there's going to be a diverse range of, you know, young boys and girls, um, mums, working uh, women, working men, fathers, single parents. I want like that diversity to be on your podcast to hear like the truth. Because for me, it, like my success is due to allowing women to come into my my space, into my everyday environment. It gives people the um, the feeling of like like a relief that we are actually more like than not you know I recently had a client who said God I didn't realize we were more similar than your profile photographs of you you, know, you were asking me such questions and such detail oriented questions so X Y Z and I felt very intimidated I'm I'm just someone who likes to dig deep into my clients and. So death means I care. If I didn't give two tosses about someone, it would mean I would not give you my vulnerability and I would not ask 
few deeper questions. I want to get to the heart and soul of a person, so I investigate and go depth and lecture on yeah one of the most interesting questions I was ever asked in an interview was around like how vulnerable should you be and this was when I was interviewing for like a management position and it's a, it's a question that stayed with me ever since because it's sort of that balance isn't it between you do want to show that vulnerability to show the flaws so people can connect with you that they can see that you're human and you're not up on a pedestal but I suppose, you know, no one wants a pilot running around the plane screaming uh, when it's going down. So it's trying to, like, find that balance. How how have you approached that, like, whether it's in your life or with your clients around, like, how much vulnerability is enough or wh- when is it right to show it? Um, so that's a great question. How vulnerability do you show? I believe not everyone likes showing it. Um, I believe uh, like a lot of people are very controlled around vulnerability but for me it's getting a sense of a person Um, so it requires you to kind of really hold that gut intuitional space of how much should I tell a person Mm. well I always feel like when a person's telling me a certain amount I give back the same um I feel like if someone's tiptoeing around their own vulnerability I will be not overly exposed about my own until I get a sense that they feel a little bit more comfortable to dive deep into their own um so I will only give as much as I get back because like you said you need to find a balance and I I think if you overdo it it can be so excessive they don't know how to process or they don't understand how much so for some friends and some family I give a lot out because that's just who I am but for clients and people I'm just getting to know I I get a sense and I get a feeling that my there has to be a boundary like any good relationship or any, any good environmental space that you connect in with people you have to give certain amount of energy so I'm not saying I tell my whole entire life story but if I really want to kind of make a statement I will especially in like you know my like my coaching for confidence with but yeah you have to get a sense um so you, you know when to talk about certain stories of your life but uh yeah no, thanks for sharing. I, I hear you saying two things there, kind of, there's a reciprocal kind of uh, element to it um, and then trusting your gut, like getting the sense of the person and, and the situation. Um, we, we talked, I suppose, a bit about vulnerability and, you know, your journey to the art of being yourself. Like if when you think about success, how do you actually define it, Judy? So that's a very interesting question. How do I define success? <laughs> because to me, success is that I'm like breathing today, mm. that I'm upright today, that I'm here today. That's quite an achievement for most people, you know, and we don't really, um, I don't think we give ourselves enough gratitude and realize the importance of how we have gotten here um 
through a, a lot of different ways, but we're here, we exist. That's successful to me. And is is the achievement in like having the good health to be breeding today or is the achievement in, in kind of the presence of like fully being in like the today? I think um I think it's about being fully present, like working on my mental health, my spiritual health, my physical health, like all of it needs to be balanced and each part takes and requires a lot of time. Like, I won't lie, when I was younger, I did have very suicidal thoughts when I was very young. Um, how I got through it, you know, I, it could be very different because I know a lot of things happen in the world. A lot of people have done things that, like, they just felt that and go. And, I, like, I was in a very, you know, very sad and uncomfortable and very depressed place when I was younger. But my environment was also very sad and very depressed and uncomfortable as well. So it, it kind of was offloaded a little bit. And mm. it's no one's fault, but, like, you know, I bypassed it by pure logic, by, you know, thinking if I did go, who's going to care for my existence? And I was thinking, you know, Judy, like you could go, but like I rationalized it a lot. Now, not everyone gets that opportunity. So for me, the success is just being present. I got here today. I'm living, I'm breathing. I get to see my friends and family. And I'm okay with that. Like, it's not monumental. It's not financial. It's not, I've got like cars or houses or anything uh, materialistic. It's more like the actual being. I got yeah. here and my mental health has been supported by my want to change. So I got here. I'm good. I'm really sorry to hear you. You had that experience growing up. And thanks so much for for sharing it because I do think it kind of gives context to why health is so important and why like really kind of embracing that present moment you know if you have ever had an experience like that or you know been really close to death or had a lot of death around and um, I do think it kind of brings that sharpness and f- focus onto onto kind of the current day so I was, you know, and what I'm kind of asking, I guess, around this kind of the challenges, like the challenges they've had to like achieving that definition of success. So you're obviously talking about that concept of, of health and all it encompasses, you know, physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, um, and then being being present, being present in today. What what challenges have you faced, Judy, to kind of living out that definition? Um. So I guess when I was younger, it was, very physical and out exterior so I did have some problems with like eating disorders like I had um like bulimia for about god just about a year I looked quite thin I was very jaundiced skin it was very physical because I thought it was based on looks as I grew older that if I looked a specific way it would make my parents happy it would make society happy it would make me happy but there's no such thing and then when you when you move past it and like I obviously uh, got out of the bulimia situation and then I moved into like I gained a lot of weight then I was like dealing with weight again then I 
was not looking at it beforehand in an educational way of how do I educate my body and educate myself um, what works for this yeah. body because this body is different from the next body my perfect size in my head of how I weighed is not going to be the perfect size for everyone. Someone's nine and a half is very different from someone who's a tall, tall lady and nine and a half. It's just so different. I need to wean myself off the, yeah. oh, you have to be a size 10. You have to be a size 12. You have to be a size this to be or this weight I had to wean myself big time so I went into Weight Watchers to work on the physical part and I was educated and that's what you need people don't realize how much education you need um, so once that physical element was kind of removed and I'm like we all struggle with weight so be it's women we're, we're made to be flexible we're, our bodies were made to kind of expand and then retracting expand and retract it's just the way it was made. So it's like giving yourself a little bit of like power back mm. and knowing that you're an elasticated person. It's not meant to be like one shape or one size. We're morphing all the time. It's like we were babies. So why do we think that we're never going to be constantly evolving? It's actually fascinating why we put so much pressure on ourselves. So I was blessed with the education, understood about things about nutrition and eating well and what fuels you better what fills your body up better so I was able to have a better understanding and then it went to my mental health really understanding me so I actually didn't go I should have went to counseling um, in my 20s but I actually ended up going to counseling in my early 30s which actually did not save me time I wish I was a little less uh, my ego and my pride kind of blocked me because I was, you know, suggested and advised that maybe that would help. But your ego is, you know, your spiritual well-being wasn't something that you thought about. So I kind of just kept pushing the ego away. and uh, Not the ego away, pushing my, like, what is it? Like, pushing the connection to myself, like having that relationship with myself. I was pushing that away until I was trying to figure out the different parts, the physical part, and then the mental part, and then the spiritual part. So it's all these different parts that... Yeah. So it sounds like, you know, maybe you were just kind of working through each element, like, to to get to the next one. And it, it was interesting what you were saying there about kind of body shapes and body weight and how you're right. Like, if you're trying to aspire to this what one ideal that's extremely difficult because we are all different and we look different and we're different heights and different weights and different genes. Um, so I think that's incredibly empower empowering when you realize like there's not one way to be in the world, do you know, like what well, looking good. And, and I noticed something that's really important to you. It's not just about the look of things, but like actually how it feels. Yeah. I think um, as I've gotten older as well and as I've worked in the industry of beauty for like 20 odd years I've started to realize that you know the more people I worked on the more even the more powerful people or the more higher stature in business they are or, uh, or if they were younger 
I just realized everybody's very human. Like they're very insecure and they only wanted to feel like the best version of themselves after being with me. And that mm. there was such a power in my skill set to give people that sense for that moment. But yeah. part of me was also like, well, they get to wash that off. Will they still feel that sense of empowerment afterwards? Yeah. You know? And and that really leads us on nicely to like how your definition of success has has changed over time because I know obviously you've been in makeup artistry for about 20 years now and then in more recent years bringing in the kind of coaching piece like how have those new skills that you've acquired like have they had an impact on um what success looks like to you more recently um yeah um so I guess because success means I get to be present with people means that I get to showcase like my journey and also involve and be inclusive with other people about like how I started my journey and like who I was before Judy the makeup artist like if I can just peel back and strip back the title of a makeup artist peel back the the title of being a teacher peel back the titles if I pair them all back, I'm really just transparent. I'm just a person. So mm. I'm showing people a soul to soul kind of experience. And I, I've seen that in my coaching. I've seen it in the feedback and the testimonials that there is a lot of power when you give to people, but you also listen to other people. The listening piece is just yeah it's it's such an underrated skill isn't it like um you know and it's so powerful to to make a person feel very seen and valued but I think it's really interesting what you're saying there about peeling back the layers so I, I work with you know with women who are looking to change careers and it can be quite hard to give up I suppose that identity that maybe you feel like you've created over 10 or 15 20 years of like duty the makeup artist um, and I know you and I've chatted about, you know, trying to like if you're trying to hold yourself to the same standards or the same kind of maybe level of business in a new venture versus what you were before, that can be quite disempowering. Like, how have you handled that change of identity? Well, I struggled for the last 10 years. Because I was very, I was getting uncomfortable with being Judy, the makeup artist. Yeah. So it, it, like it was the uncomfortable 10 years of not knowing where else to go or where, I, I suppose I could have done with my own little life coach back then. I, <laughs> um, I didn't know that those were opportunities and those were like, like paths that I could take Um, because I struggled with. I knew there was more to me. I knew there was more about me before I was a makeup artist. So I knew I needed to find the right new skill to kind of pair everything together so I have a very balanced life of bringing the makeup, the outer layer with the life coaching inner layer with my holistic um aspects of like healing through Reiki I needed to bring them all together and like have them balanced but I like the life coach it literally was a life-saving moment 
and it mm. took COVID to kind of put me in a, a space where I had to be still. Couldn't actually be a makeup artist, actually. Yeah. They said, Judy, you're not allowed to work. You're not allowed to be the makeup artist. And yes, I was uh, I was doing a little bit of teaching through online platforms with my TYs, and it did actually help them mental health wise. So I, they'd see me in the morning, and we teach class, and I'd go to the steps. They'd see me bare naked skin because I was like, "How am I going to teach these girls? I have to be you no know, makeup myself, and I have to go through the steps with them." So there was a lot. There was a lot of a struggle. There was ten years of like, "There's something else. There's something else," and that did have an impact on how I uh, I lived the latter 10 years. I was searching. I really was searching. Yeah. That's so interesting. So it's nearly like COVID gave you that enforced pause. Um, and it was, you know, and I can imagine like it's, and I hear this in conversation, like you've built up this career, you know, you have a certain level of reputation and income. It, it it seems so hard to like give that up. So I think it's so interesting that you ended up in a situation where there, there was no choice, like the world decided that for you. Yeah. And when you have no choice, and you know, I used to be such a control freak, Heather, it, with, you know, counselling and the supports of other coaching methods that I went through, it gives you like you have to be reflective and you have to kind of really listen to what your your soul is calling for you to do. Like we only have such a short life. So short. And I guess when it's just the one life and not many people get to have second chances in life, when it's just one life, you kind of realize, would I rather do something that, yes, it stressed me out. Sometimes I'm like, where is the job going to come through? Where are my clients going to come through? How am I going to survive? But yet when I'm doing it, it just gives me such peace. It gives me such yeah. like support knowing I'm, I'm supporting mankind and humankind and womankind I'm being my aligned self now I'm supporting myself and I I need very little I thought I needed a lot I need very little to survive in life to be very honest I just need like a bit of food a bit of water shelter if even if my my home was taken away I don't think there's anyone who wouldn't put me up I, I need to kind of remove all the fear there's a lot of fear yeah things that can kind of stop you from doing what your soul wants you to kind of align with I am doing something that helps other people and in turn it helps me it, it supports me it heals me to help others just like doctors just like nurses just like teachers just like coaches counselors and therapists and people of the the healing practice whether it's scientifically healing or holistically healing I'm doing what I can do before I go and rock out of the world and that's given me like a sense of like I know I did my best and I I I put out as much as I got back so I'm just doing yeah I'm do I'm 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 on a journey and it's challenging but I guess the challenges are to grow and learn in that business so yeah yeah I, I love to call out to like 
you know, how much time we have. I, I read this great book by, I think it's Oliver Berkman, 4,000 Weeks. I'll, I'll link it in the show notes. But he was basically saying if you live to be about 80, you'll have like 4,000 weeks. Wow. Um, and maybe you're X number of weeks through that right now. When you break it down, actually, that sounds like not very much. So you're so right. Like we kind of waste time fearing these things but we have such a such a small time on the earth like you know trying to be brave and make the leaps is probably going to leave us in a situation where we've had a life well lived um but it can be very hard to to circumvent that that fear and I I know in, in your case it was sort of like the world put COVID in front of you and it gave you the momentum to move I'm sure lots of people when you're talking about sort of um what your soul is like speaks to you like what it wants you to do like how how do you tune in with that judy so i guess it's a fascinating that's a great question how do you tune into your soul for me it's just tuning into yourself it's having a relationship with yourself and it has to be a, a positive and good relationship with yourself therefore you know any of my Mac talk against Judy like if I'm like oh my god Judy like just like don't do it or you know you're not good enough to do this or I don't have quite a powerful voice in that sense now but it used to used to be very heavy chat upstairs in my head to kind of throw me off my uh navigation off my north star but um it's your soul is just your connection to who you really are it's none of this should I people please or should I do what my parents want me to do? Your soul is always calling out and supporting you and going, you are amazing. You can do this. If you want this, go get it. I'm supporting you. And your soul really just yeah. wants you to be happy. So it hates seeing you stressed out or sad. It doesn't mind to see you stressed as long as that stress is moving you in the direction of positive and um, but not in the negative sense so obviously it doesn't want to support like anything negative going on in your body because it'll hold on and then could give you illness or something like that but your soul is is truth just pure truth yeah it's kind of like speaking speaking to who you are and who you're called to be and I, I hear what you're saying as well like you know kind of nervousness around you know maybe pipeline of clients like that's probably like a rational fear like a calcul you know a calculated one but it's not stopping you from doing that work and when you do your work you know you really feel like that that reciprocal nature again like as much as your clients are getting value from you you're really enjoying the the process of coaching or, or doing your your makeup exactly. artistry exactly it may be um a challenging road for most because there's a lot of responsibility and a lot of you know people can kind of go and listen to this podcast and say well you know it's fair for you to say this Judy but I can't you know I can't give up this or I can't do that I have uh, responsibilities or I, I just don't think it's the right timing but there's no right timing in anything there's yeah. just right now there's like you either do it and try or don't do it at all and then you know it's going to just hinder you when that time comes because I know for every one of us it's going to come and I'm I'm very happy that it exists because I think we we need we need a time scale to kind of push us to kind of go okay fine 
change is fine. It's scary, but it's actually fine. I've seen the most powerful and the most amazing things happen during recessions, during COVID. People change their business. They change the way they work. They they became more creative. And I think when you become more creative, you're you're actually just challenging yourself and realizing, you know, I'm actually learning something from just changing. I'm learning I can do this or I can design that or I can create a business out of like a shoebox. Like it's literally okay. It's just starting all over again is scary. It's like having a newborn baby, okay? Yeah. You know, someone has reared their children and had like a 22-year-old child and then they're just giving birth again. It's going to be fucking scary. But it is going to be okay. No, it's a great point. I think when we think about change, we only kind of think about those negative aspects, maybe what we're giving up, like the security from a job or you know, we were the ones who sort of had the knowledge or expertise, but you're right. What about the positive elements of change? What about the increased creativity? Like what about the other things, the innovation, everything else that that will bring? So I think that's a good reminder because I guess it's, look, it's not always our fault. Like our brain is wired that way. It's there to try find the fear and keep us safe. But I think that's a great thing to think about is like, what's the positive in the change? Like what positive impact will that have? And like what what like you've talked about health, you've talked about kind of, you know, the the present moment, vulnerability, like what what else motivates you, Judy? I think what motivates me the most is like I think oh god, that's a that's an interesting question. I I've such a love for people. Um I'm really fascinated by people and I'm fascinated by their journey and their environment. I just want to be part of like a community and a tribe and just a network where I feel safe too around people. Like I don't, I feel safe enough to be myself instead of, you know, I had so much fear of being myself when I was younger, but now being myself, be it that I'm, perceived in whatever way people need to perceive me I am who I am I'm not trying to be um anyone more or less I just want to be very human with people so I'm motivated by just the encouragement of listening to other people being fully themselves and and slowly immersing themselves into being who they truly are there is it's a scary thing sometimes being you, as you you probably know. <laughs> it is scary, but it's brave too. And I, I I'm I'm very motivated when I see people's you know connection to themselves, not with other people, but just to themselves, like being honest with themselves and truthful and loving for themselves and within themselves. And then that just motivates me to just be around other people and want to support other people too. Oh, I love that because there's a duality there to what you're talking about, like the connection to yourself, but also that connection can open up, you know, a tribe or a community. I don't always love the kind of phrase like minded people, but it's I suppose it's more that, you know, your similar values or you're, you're sharing like that, that, that fascination with people or that love of helping a particular cause. I think that's really powerful when you've that connection to yourself, but equally, you know, you have that connection to others. 
and, and we we started off kind of talking about the cultural aspects i suppose in in irish culture often we're not great at like spending time on ourselves taking care of ourselves you know that's kind of seen as a little bit selfish you know like we kind of are can be quite martyred to doing everything for everyone else and putting ourselves last have like and I know from your experience growing up you know with the Vietnamese influence it is really about kind of serving others like before yourself how have you kind of navigated that like to make sure that you're actually making time for you for Judy and like what it is that you know you need Uh, well you're dead right Heather like Irish people can kind of um they they have been uh, developed to kind of serve other people or make sure everyone else is okay and um it ha- it's been, i'd say it's been a really tough journey trying for other people to try and reverse those kind of habits because it's really just a habit mm. um and for me my culture is definitely about uh making sure that you know your siblings your family everyone is okay but not looking at within um however for me to work on um, that piece, it's just taken away the guilt of actually doing something for myself. It, it can be very selfish. I mean, um, some, some of my ways might be like, I'm doing something for myself. I need to go for this walk, perhaps. And I'm not thinking about anyone else around me, what their needs are. But it is about trying to find that lovely balance because you know, I have to interact with people. I have to go on holidays with other people. I have to keep be mindful and respectful of, of other people's ways. Um. So, but also I have to be respectful of my needs because my needs are very, very important. If I don't get to know my needs well enough, how am I meant to teach other people to let them understand that I require space, I require time by the ocean, I require uh, the freedom to travel, I require an environment that needs um that need, allows me for my create creative like mind and my hands get you know creative and I need to kind of do the, I I need to know these things about myself so I do as much as I can to serve myself if my body needs to rest now I rest I nap sometimes I can even take a whole yeah. day and I might be horizontal it looks bad to other people but I'm in tune better like the frequency is better in terms of what I know what I need now uh, what I needed before I wish I actually listened but I didn't practice the listening within um, and now the listening has gotten a lot better so I listen to other people and then I listen to myself and we try to find the balance in between yeah I love that especially like the call out to kind of listening to yourself and whether you might need to rest because in an always on culture it is very easy isn't it to yeah. like to keep going it's like when you know you've been working really hard and then you go on holidays and you get this terrible cold and it's because you know you've been kind of you've been overstretching yourself and the minute you relax your body is like oh brilliant she stopped like <laughs> um like let's go let's go and fire her so I love that call and I know it's something you're very vocal about um and, and I love that like you're normalizing rest and I, I always used to think like you look at professional athletes it's not just like their training schedule like their rest and their recovery is as much a part of their performance yeah. as the training and if they were training all day every day 
they wouldn't be able to like compete or do well but yet like we don't sort of think like that in our normal lives but you know I, I think it's it, it's a really good thought to kind of think of yeah thousand percent I agree yeah you you talked there about like travel and you know kind of making time for yourself like how do you generally like celebrate your successes um to be very honest I do I do a lot of traveling because I I love diverse cultures I love going to different uh cities and countries so I like to kind of do a bit of um my little escapism I call myself and we'll link uh, Judy's Instagram uh (laughs) links in 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 the show notes as well so you can follow along with her travels she's always does excellent updates on local restaurants and chatting with the locals so we'll put them in the show notes for you as well (laughs) I do that because I want to support the people on in those different spaces as well I want to give uh highlight like their business because everyone needs help everyone needs a bit of support and I'm not a blogger I'm not a food travel blogger at all but what I enjoy is the it's the supportive piece I'm supporting somebody by going to the restaurant their family business or their business and it's a little business and I, I just want to help them feel like they're part of my little journey too so you know we're helping each other everyone's always it's a it's a community thing <laughs> yeah it's great you know you, know, you so much of what you said today Judy is about that reciprocal nature whether it's with trust vulnerability about the support the celebration and um, from from knowing you I can say that that is to, you know so true and so true to who you are as a personality you're always so supportive of, of people's endeavors okay. maybe just to finish then like I'd be curious do you have a particular quote or a phrase or you know piece of advice that you've got on success that's always kind of stuck with you and maybe you'd like to share with our listeners yeah so about I think it was about 10 years ago yeah 10 years ago since I've come back from Canada I was living in Canada I went for a position to be a restaurant manager and now don't ask why don't ask why because I'm I'm not a restaurant manager I'm not built for that but I was with the the interviewer and uh, she and I got on very well and she gave me a favorite quote we actually ended up talking about deeper stuff nothing to do with restaurants or the business or anything like that I think she probably knew that this was not for me anyway so we ended up chatting about other things but she gave me a quote and I do love quotes but this particular quote has stayed and resonated with me and she uh, she said, get ready. So I was like, okay, cool. I'm sitting back, relaxing, and I'm going to take it all in. Normally, I forget things, so I normally have to write it down. Because this quote was so powerful, I still remember it. So she said, death knocked on my door and whispered, live, for I am coming. Oh, wow. And the hairs. I think my even my my actual hair went like this. Like, <laughs> Not what you're expecting like, to hear in an interview setting, but wow. You know, but we 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 ended up talking about deeper things. So and um, we, yeah. we were talking about like a lot of life situations and uh, about her her life journey and my life journey. So it didn't end up. I didn't get the job, of course. But I got I got a quote that I remembered for like nearly over a decade and. It reminds me every single day that even death wants you to live. So, you know, live 
learn, laugh, love, do what you can, uh, cry, heal, rebound, reframe, change, be creative, just keep going. That's all we can do. Yeah, I love that quote. And, you know, it seems to have influenced, you know, your kind of definition of success when you're talking about health and really being present and living life, living life urgently, like getting out there, seeing the world, traveling around, making those changes, like feeling the fear, moving past it. Um, I think it's it's an amazing quote. And, uh, you know, I've heard it said before, you know, it's about not just living like the length of your life, but living the width of your life. And that seems really aligned with what you're talking about there, which is we get one opportunity you know, we should be out there living it up, like actually living it up because we only have that one life and we, we just don't know when, when it might end. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and you know what? I'm I'm so grateful. Like I'm so grateful. I just think like if we if we can't live it up, we need to let other people help us move in direction. Yeah. So that's what we need. So we all need support. Not just like, you know, trying to live it up and all this positive chit chat actually just maybe find a community that will build you up like yeah a community that will lift you up to live you up to to live it up like yeah yeah but but it seems like for you it's it's starting with getting in tune with yourself like listening to yourself listening to your soul to your body and minding yourself like minding all of those aspects of health as well like puts you in an opportunity to to contribute to that community well, Judy, thank you so much for for coming on Recipes of Success. I've really enjoyed this conversation. I have no doubt our listeners will as well and lots of nuggets of knowledge there to take away. Um, as I said, I'll leave all of Judy's uh, links in the show notes. So she's fantastic Instagram. Um, it's um, I, if you want, it's I Life Coach. Am I saying that right? Yeah, I think it's I under, no, it's underscore I underscore Life Coach. Perfect. And that's Judy's yeah. uh, life uh, life coaching. And I'll also drop her um, makeup artistry Instagram as well. Um, and there's some other fun links I'll include in there. Um, Judy's a bit of a fashionista. So she did a, an, an article for Image on a weekend in her wardrobe, which is an absolute uh, must look as well as well as judy was on Thank first you. dates ireland in 2022 as well so you can see her lovely fun personality as well so i'll drop all of those links in the show notes to anyone who wants to find out a little bit more about judy and again if you are interested in in life coaching with her please do check out her her coaching page as well judy thanks so much and enjoy the rest of your day heather thank you thank Love you, you. <laughs> If you've enjoyed this episode of Recipes for Success with me, Heather Thompson, I will be grateful if you can take a moment to rate, review and subscribe on your favourite podcast platform. I love reading your feedback and it will help others find us. Visit my website, thesuccesscoach.ie for more resources and information on how you can work with me for personalised career coaching. Remember to follow me on social media at successcoachheather, all the one word, on Instagram for updates, behind the scenes content and sneak peeks of upcoming podcast episodes. If you have any suggestions or topics you'd like me to cover, please feel free to reach out as I'd love to hear from you. Until next time, thank you for listening and remember your success story awaits. (music) 